Hey, it's Kylie, and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. One of my favorite things to do is cook for other people. I'll host anywhere between 15 to 20 friends, and I'll cook enough for 30 because that in my head feels like what you're supposed to do. While I'm totally into the hosting part, I'm not actually a huge fan of the cooking. It's the outcome that I love, sitting around the table with interesting people and hanging out over the food that I made. Cooking in and of itself is an act of perseverance for me. And this week, I'm talking to somebody who has taken cooking to the next level. Chef Einat Admoni is an Israeli chef, a restaurant owner, cookbook author, and a comedian. She opened an incredible falafel joint with the world's best fries, called Taim, and is the owner of Balabusta, an upscale Middle Eastern restaurant in New York's West Village. I first met Einat a few months back at an event she hosted at Balabusta, and like most Israelis with fiery personalities that I meet, I both fell in love with her and was scared of her. The woman works incredibly hard and is so good at what she does, all while maintaining the largest heart and the smallest package that I have ever seen. It was clear to me then, as much as now, that she has a lot to teach me about perseverance. Here's a knot. Hi, Anat. Hi, <laughs> Kaylee. <laughs> it's funny because I know you're is like it's like tell me you're Israeli without telling me you're Israeli. If I tell you my name is Kylie, Israelis say Kaylee, which is perfect. It's how I grew what up. What I said, Kaylee. Yeah, it's how it's Kylie? what Israelis say. No, 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 I want I want Kaylee. the Israeli Kaylee. I, my name is Kaylee. I think Kaylee. they changed name just because they're lazy and disrespectful almost. <laughs> they're just like, ah, oh, what is different between Adam and Adam? What is different between Kali and Kaylee? We are sitting in your beautiful restaurant where I first met you. This week we're talking about Netzach, which as an Israeli, you have probably your own understanding of it. But Kabbalistically, it's understood as perseverance, like the struggle to reaching victory, to reaching whatever your end goal is. And that's super broad. We can talk about that. So probably the first time I used the word Netzach is when I was 12 and I had a crush on a boy and I used to write, Einat and Orian la Netzach. <laughs> so I, that's probably the first time I used Netzach. Which la Netzach is forever. Like that's yeah. another, it's literally, it's eternity. Forever. Yeah. You're going to love me forever and ever. The thing with perseverance when you're thinking about it is like, who do we talk to about this? And we thought about somebody who works in food. I cook, and for me, it feels like a lifetime to make anything. I love it, but it's like you sit with your hands and you're like cutting things. And Don't do these faces. I wish you would all see her. She makes this repulsive face like, oh, you do that with your hand. When I would talk about it, I would say, you would do that with your hands. And it would be so fun and so enjoyable. And it's... Therapeutic and yes. So this no. is the difference. I want to get to that place where doing things that take a long time are fun. But at this point, uh. endurance and the struggle are still hard. But also, you decided to open a restaurant. It's really freaking hard to open a restaurant and to do that. And so when it comes to thinking about struggle and persevering, I also cook for a lot of people. My like dinners are usually 20 people or something, and I spend really? time. Yeah. So why the face before? I know, because it's like, first of all, cooking for myself compared to cooking for others, like, I don't know, the act of serving people something, it's, it takes on something different, but the act of just sitting there cooking is so long. It just takes mm. a long time. And I see it as something to just get done as opposed to enjoying the process, which maybe you can teach me something about enjoying the process. Put some music and uh, I, I don't know. For yeah. me, it's a zen. For me, cooking, it just, 
I need cooking to kind of not think about the hard stuff in life. How did you get into cooking? I don't know. I couldn't do anything else, actually. That's what I thought back then. I said I'm so not talented in anything, not educated, not smart enough, not... That's what I thought back then. So the one thing that makes sense is the one thing I enjoy also. I also, all over the place, my brain is too fast. So I want to do a million different things. I travel a lot back then. And I'm like, okay, what can I do that actually ground me a bit? Because I was living in Europe for years and I just need something that think about career and that's come very naturally and very easy for me I mean easy nothing is easy in that in that industry but it was it was the best decision I did so you decided that because you wanted to do something that you liked or you wanted something to ground you whatever struggle you faced in the middle of that was worth it or how yeah, did there you get tons through? of struggles like during my career there is a lot of failure and and you know and that's what make me better and make me grown so what's your approach to Struggle. What's your approach to perseverance? The best way. You know, sometimes what I look always, I've struggled a lot in many different ways. I have a a crazy first marriage and a lot of things happen. And I always tell people, you know, when I talk about it, that somebody said that before, that the magic is to find the moment of what you gain out. I'm trying to put it in, in right words, you know, but... There is gain of every failure and every struggle. There is a huge gain. That's the magic is to find it. People take them a long time. Sometimes it takes a long time to look back. I said, oh, my God, I'm happy I went through that. It's horrible. It can be a huge tragedy that you can understand. Or if you have a faith in God, so why God did that to me? Like what? I'm not, you know, and I think that for me, I figure out every little thing's Every failure, every restaurant I close, every bad partnership I have, every disappointed of person, I always look back and I'm like, wow, that was the best things. That was actually have to happen. And even if in a small things, like when I said, why I wasn't successful on this, 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 I'm like, because maybe I wasn't ready. My ego wasn't ready to get so much recognition because I would go nuts. So it could be million different layers and, and different things to to kind of understand why it happened, but it should happen. And that's my path, you know? And, and I think it's, it's a great one with the great and the bad, because if you know how to learn out of it, it's great. If not, it's a little bit tricky. Do you go into experiences and into new endeavors with that mindset, or is that something that you only have after? Because I also have that, but usually after. And then when I'm in it, I try and focus on the positive and like what I'm going to learn it's on hard. it. But sometimes you also just have to say, this sucks. Like this just sucks. I have a lot of things. The last five years was the hardest five years ever. Financially, I was crushed and a lot of things happened. I closed one of my favorite place. I opened Kishkash. A lot of bad things happened. I have disappointed by people that I felt like I took them and, and nurturing, you know, and it's happened. But through that time as well, I was like... You know what? It will finish. It's not. It cannot get worse. It got worse actually, but then <laughs> it got worse. <laughs> but then it got better, and then you know now I appreciate things get better now, and I'm so appreciative of it. And I think it's the other things. I'm 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 very optimistic. Like I'm endless. Like it's optimism. It's like the number one, which has helped me a lot in life. But. It's interesting because I'm now I'm appreciate everything's coming my way. I'm like, wow, this is great. You know. Nothing. Take nothing for granted. 
Do you feel like you went in with that mindset? Like you were you were okay with the struggle when you started or were you idealistic and you thought this is going to be perfect and everything's going to be great? Always. That's the problem, you know, and I'm married to a very pessimistic person. The opposite. I wouldn't say pessimistic. I think realistic and I'm not realistic. I'm like living in a la-la land. I want to believe that everything going to be great and, and it's not always like that. And it's fine. I'd rather stay that, uh, to have that state of mind than anything, than to change. I'd rather be thinking that things are going to go great than, you know. But I'm, I'm more, I think I, I grew up a bit. So now when I do partnership, it would be more protect, I would be more protective of myself not to get to the same mistake I did before. I would hire a lawyer. I used to hate lawyer. Now I have to. If I have a contract, it's going to go through. You know, things change change I'm a little bit more protective of myself not to get to the same hole but but I'm still very optimistic what keeps you going why do you keep doing it why do you, why you start a restaurant you've opened more restaurants why I don't know it's a million dollar question I don't know every once in a while in a pandemic I said I'm done in a pandemic I was upstate for six months straight I raised chicken I have chicken up there I have a garden I have a a pottery wheel, I have exercise in the morning. It was perfect. I learned my kids' name. They're great. <laughs> I have so many things happen that I, I always work. Since I'm 15, I'm working. Did I'm you like, like your kids when you met them for the first time last year? They funny. They nice. funny. They're smart. They're pretty cool kids. Nice. They like people. Uh, they're good. So uh, in the pandemic, I said, okay, maybe I relax. I can relax. I can stop. And the minute things got back, I'm just like a... Uh, a train that cannot stop. I, I like to be active a lot and do a lot of different things. Why did you decide to open a restaurant? Because I want to cook for the mass. I want people... For me, it was a lot about the mission as well. You know, New York, what falafel you had before Taim? How nice for me is to uh, tell people how to pronounce Sabih. Also, the best french fries in the entire world are at Taim. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And the so best price. The sabich, the sabich. Nobody did sabich here. They didn't know what is sabich. Say, bitch, may I have say, bitch? <laughs> I'm like, it's so nice. So I, I brought falafel. I brought sabich. And then when I opened Balabusta, which was, people didn't know. I think I was in fine dining for years before Taim. So I was working in top-notch restaurant in New York. And open Taim was embarrassment for me for a second and a half until I got like a lot of, you know. And I want to get back to cooking because how long I can continue making falafel balls. So I want to get back to cooking and Balabusta was like, okay, now I need, to, I need to introduce my culture. So Balabusta is probably some of the first restaurant in the city that use Arisa and all different kind of tahini and labne, doing our own organic labne in a restaurant and doing hamusta and kube and things that people, you know, there was... Shakshuka, it was two other restaurants in the town that do shakshuka. Yeah, like, so it was very nice for me to introduce and always trying to be on top of that cuisine because I have a lot of knowledge about that. So for me, it was kind of a mission almost. Bring Israel, not even just Israel, bring... Middle East, yeah. yeah. It's Israel and Middle East. And as a, somebody that grew up with a Yemenite Persian parents... That Yemenite and Persian? My dad was Yemenite. My mom is from Iran. He born in Israel, in Tel Aviv. But my mom born in Iran and came to Israel when she was 10 and been adopted by Iraqi home for five years. So she cooked Iraqi and Persian home a lot at home. So we had a lot of multicultures in the house with, with food, a lot of food. What role does Judaism play in your Huge. philosophy of perseverance and also in your restaurant? Huge. 
and I'm very secular. It's funny because, and I have a mix. It's kind of weird. That's the one thing I want to solve in my life is to feel completely clean and completely, I can't have even explain that. My parents got religious when I was 12. A lot of force, a lot of brainwash, a lot of seminars, a lot of you need to be religious, a lot of like, I grew up with a lot of it, which I hated. And when I married a non-Jew, it was very, a strike on them. It was really, really hard. And for me, I don't believe in a lot of things in, in the rules. I can believe that God actually ever want, that God can be that human and that so much like egos and, and narcissism. And it's can just cannot, I cannot believe that the God that created. For me, God is so much more than that, so much more clean, so much more, you know, full of love and not like, oh, you do that, I'm going to. So I, I look at, at the religion in a very different way. And I think what I did during the years is took all the stuff I love and that's the community, and that's the closeness with my family. And it's a lot of different things. Having my friends around Shabbat dinner every week, having every holiday with like crazy amount of people that, you know, gathering together. Also introduce my non-Jews friends to Shabbat. So many friends actually adapt that and start making Shabbat dinner on Sundays and, and just the understand of that. So I took the, the stuff that are more spiritual, it's more like in a spiritual way than follow rules and, uh, you know, but it's a huge part of our life. And my work, my restaurant, my, it's, yeah. I can't wait for the follow-up to this podcast on your religious life, but for now, uh -huh. I think we're going to end it here, and thank you for illuminating struggle and perseverance and victory, whatever that means for me. By the time I get to my Thursday conversation for this show, I always think I have a pretty good understanding of what that week's sphere means. And then I talk to someone, like a not, and realize that I had not even come close to internalizing that meaning. A not spoke about perseverance with so much life. When I think about Netzach, I think about struggle, and my body collapses. But she had the exact opposite demeanor. She talks about struggle and perseverance with joy. And that's because she knows that through the struggle, she is getting somewhere even better. It may take a long time to understand where that somewhere is, but she knows she's moving towards it. And with that, tomorrow I'm going to bring everything together that I've done this week and reflect on what I've learned in a week of Netzach. Until then, I'm Kylie Unell, and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Nine Days to Stretch My Soul is a production of Tablet Studios. The show is hosted by me, Kylie Unell, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruske, Josh Cross, Quinn Waller, Robert Scaramuccia, and Sarah Fredman-Ader. Our team includes Stephanie Butnick, Leah Leibovitz, Mark Oppenheimer, and Tanya Singer. Please go rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps other people discover the show. For more of me, you can follow at Kylie Unell on Instagram, for more information about this or any other of Tablet's podcasts, 
visit tabletmag.com slash podcasts.